Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. I hope you're having a great, great day today, and we pray that God has blessed you and continues to bless you. Here on Exploring Missions, it's our opportunity to look at what God is doing in the lives of people who he's called and equipped to minister to others. Many times we get to talk to people who have been ministered to by those people. But today we want to talk about an area that I always find it amazing. You're ministering to people and you're saving lives, but you're also saving lives again. Uh, What I'm talking about being born again. Because a lot of times people in difficult circumstances are more open to the gospel than any other time. And So you need to be on the lookout for possibilities of people who are struggling. It may be an opportunity for you. Uh, It may be a full-blown gospel presentation, but I found this. A word fitly spoken at the right time is amazing what God can do with that word. Uh, It may not do anything, but it'll open up doors immediately and sometimes later. Well, Nathan, today we want to talk about what God is doing in the area of saving lives uh, ladies' lives, babies' lives, but more than anything else, saving souls. That's a valuable, valuable ministry. And you and your your spouse has had direct consequence and ministry of that, haven't you? Yeah, we have. We've seen it up front. And uh, first, I'll say it's not easy work. Um, but usually anything worth doing that God calls you to do, is gonna, there's going to be challenges to it, and there's going to be some difficulty. Um, but there's also some amazing fruit, and God can just the glory that He receives in 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 faithfulness and in, in this type of work, and and really what we're talking about is holistic type um, care for people, uh, not only wanting to see people come to know Jesus and follow Him, but also seeing basic physical, emotional, uh, real tangible needs. Also met, and and you know Jesus did this. It's not like our idea. I mean, you mean right. we need to follow His example? Exactly. Well, I, before we get any further with the interview and introducing the the person we're going to interview, I want you to read that scripture because uh, this kind of sets us. You know that God. Had, the whole thing is God's glory. Yeah, I honestly, mean, the bottom line is God's glory. It is, and and Jesus when he when he went to uh, the synagogue in Nazareth and he read from the book of Isaiah. This is the passage that, that he read. Uh, I'm going to read it from Isaiah 61, but it, it does describe, it describes the Messiah's ministry, but it's also the ministry that we are to follow in. Uh, Isaiah 61 says, The Spirit of the Lord God is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of our God's vengeance, to comfort all who mourn to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, festive oil instead of mourning, and splendid clothes instead of despair. And they will be called righteous trees, 
planted by the Lord to glorify him. To glorify him. And no matter what minister you're in, uh, God better get the glory. Well, our, our guest today is Les Riley, and it, you're returning to Exploring Missions. Right, right. And uh, he, matter of fact, Les, you were one of the very first interviews we did on Exploring Missions. And, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's exciting. Yeah, I remember, uh, remember coming in here, and, you know, of course, you and I have known each other uh, for a few years from other pro-life ministry I've been involved in in the area, and I'm, I'm grateful to be back. Well, I'm telling you, there's two things that AFR is really, well, putting the gospel, besides the gospel, is life, sanctity of human life, and God's view of marriage. Mm-hmm. Those things are really driving us. Uh, the other thing is is religious freedom, so we can have the freedom to share the gospel right. and save lives and share what marriage is. Right. So those those are really vital today. A lot of people don't understand how important uh, those yeah. are. Right, they're vital. And what we're talking about today is a ministry that you have called the Morning Center. Tell us about that, Les. Yeah, well, the Morning Center, our our mission statement is actually very simple. And when you first hear it, it doesn't, you know, you don't realize how profound it is. It's uh, the Morning Center exists to provide uh, high quality, comprehensive maternity care, including delivery, absolutely free to women in underserved areas in the name of Christ. And our our distinctives are, are very clear. Our first distinctive is we're, we're gospel-centered. We realize that if we give great maternity care, if we, we do mercy ministry, even if we save lives, and number one, we don't reach their worldview, change their circumstances with the gospel, we've not really helped them because they'll be back. And more importantly, if we give them great quality care and a trillion years from now and they're in hell, we haven't helped them. So our primary uh, uh distinctive or focus is that we're gospel-centered. Secondly is we're 100% pro-life. And what we mean by that is uh, we not only do we understand the concept that life begins at conception and uh, up until natural death, but we want to treat people as image bearers. Not, you know, the, the unborn, of course, their mothers, our patients, our supporters, our workers. You know, um, Joseph Stalin once said, one death is a tragedy, a million deaths is a statistic. And too often the pro-life community agrees with that. We talk about 3,000 abortions a day, in a, but, but the reality is, you know, Jesus um, has a common gospel, a common salvation, but he applies it to each of us just as we need it. He didn't give me what Bert needed. He gave me what I need. And so we, we try to slow down and treat each mom according to her unique needs and give her a holistic care. So we're gospel-centered, 100% pro-life. The third thing that makes us very unique is that we provide, uh, uh, that we have a different view of care. I mean, of, of char- charity, rather. Uh, we don't take any government money. And our view of, of fundraising is um, that we want people to give to other ministries, too. We don't, we don't see it as like, a, you know, let's manipulate you, let's uh, pull on the heartstrings. We tell people what God's doing, and we trust him to provide, and he has done so abundantly. We've uh, delivered 340 babies. We've served 800 moms. We've got 110 due this year, and God has continually provided the people and the resources we've needed at the right time. So we're gospel-centered. We're pro-li- 100% pro-life. We um, have a different view of funding. And then the final thing, and I think this is really what we want to get into, is that we want to provide a high-quality care. You know, um, too often the poor get the leftovers, right? 
Yes. They get the crumbs. They get, particularly in social welfare programs from the government, um, the poor get things that people wouldn't take if, if they could afford to buy anything else. But that's not what Christ did for us, is it? No. He didn't give us the crumbs. He lavished the riches of heaven upon us. And so we want the abortion at risk mom, the um, high infant mortality risk mom, the, the mom who is in crisis to get the same quality of care that they would get at the best OB clinic in Memphis, wrapped in the gospel. So we also, in, in addition to having paid medical missionaries, doctors, nurses, having OB clinics set up where they get the full range of care, then delivering their babies at a local hospital, um, we also have mentoring programs for the mom. We partner with local churches that have housing ministries and we, you know, clothing ministries and, and uh, we partner with human trafficking ministries. And one of the, one of the most exciting things we, we're doing is that we have mentoring program for the men. Cause you know, mm. if you're reaching the mom That's and you're right. not discipling the dad, you're just repeating the cycle. Yes. So, we, you know, we try to give that comprehensive holistic care um, to our patients and, and all wrapped in, wrapped in the gospel. So, that's what the Morning Center does. I've got to ask this question, Nathan. You can have the next question because both I, we're, <laughs> we're ready to jump on you, Les, with these questions because we, we're passionate about this along with you. Where would you get a view of ministering like this? Well, I mean, most of the time, the ones that I've observed are not a lot of time holistic and uh, it's mediocre care rather than the care that you're talking about. Yeah. Well, I know. I know. God gave the view, but right. what? What did God use to? Yeah. To well. Well, I. You know. This? I think part of it is, um, a, as you know, when we first met, I was working on the personhood campaign, and I've been involved in pro-life ministry, both uh, sidewalk counseling at the abortion clinic and political and adoption things like that for a good number of years. And uh, you know, as we think through these things in light of the Scripture, the thing that that really stands out to me. Um, Number one is, um, you know, the the world all agrees that life has value, but they value life on a sliding scale based on some arbitrary factor that some larger person or bigger entity, you know, the the Nazis think life had value. They just think the Jews' life and the handicapped life had less value. You know, the Klan thinks life has value. They just think people with brown skin have less value. Um, you know, and the abortion industry thinks life has value. The government thinks life has value. It's the voters and the taxpayers, exactly. you know. Um, but the Bible teaches us that each human being is uniquely created in the image of God. And therefore, each and every life has equal, intrinsic, eternal value. And so when we begin to think about pro-life ministry that way, and then we take it from the Imago Day to the Incarnation and realize that Jesus came as an embryo then we realize the, the value of each and every life. And then when we look at the ministry of Jesus, we see, what did he do? He became a man. He slowed down and he started ministering to people one at a time. And then ultimately, you know, why, why do we minister this way? Because we're commanded to. We're told, you know, widows, orphans, strangers, the fatherless, the poor. That's our job. Yep. That's, that's what them. we're here for. And so, uh, and, and, you know, we just love them in the way we want to be loved. And, and I didn't, do need to mention before I forget, because I get excited, um, if you want to find out what we're doing, you can go to memphismorningcenter.org. That tells what we're doing. If you want to sign up for updates and maybe get a free book, go to memphismorningcenter.com. 
or you can also find us on Facebook. So I just wanted to throw that out there. So I do want to ask a question. Um, why specifically Memphis um, in in the sense of what needs or that you do you find in Memphis that makes this uh, well, an essential ministry? And yeah. how also, secondly, maybe is how is Memphis like other cities and communities in our Yeah, country? well, I, I think um, let me kind of answer that backwards. Um, okay. for, for me, the reason Memphis is because I live nearby there. You know, I yeah. grew up in North Mississippi. I've, you mean you're blooming where you planted, <laughs> I, I've Liz? Been, I've been, in, been involved in, in uh, ministry and just living in, in the Memphis area and in the Mississippi Delta for, for my whole life for several generations. Um, but uh, Memphis was chosen. Uh, this ministry was started by Samaritan Ministries International, a Christian medical cost-sharing yes. ministry, with the idea of re- a return to biblical charity. The, you know, the idea of putting free Christ-centered health care funded with private charity everywhere there was an abortion clinic. And so, you know, that was the goal. Um, but you got to start somewhere. So they began looking for pilot cities, and they narrowed it down from 10 to 4 to Memphis was the was the first location. The next one's coming online in Atlanta. But, you know, high infant mortality rate, high abortion rate, high poverty rate, crime, racism, all the things that you think about when you think of inner cities and the Mississippi Delta. But also, um, there's a a good number of cooperating ministries already working there. There's good crisis pregnancy centers that refer patients to us. There's other mercy ministries that we partner with, and there's a good church community because ultimately, we're a parachurch, which, you know, we aid the church. The church is God's institution on earth to carry out his kingdom work. And the work of the parachurch is to come alongside, and we're, we're like a conduit. So we try to find one church in every zip code that if we have a mom that has a need, we can plug them in with that church. We partner with a ministry called One by One that's a uh, literally a one-on-one Titus II mentoring ministry where one older Christian lady mentors one mom throughout her pregnancy first year after the baby's born. Um and so, you know, part of the reason Memphis was chosen was it's an area of great need. It's like a microcosm of the country. And part of the reason was um, simply there's a lot of good ministries going on there. You know, Memphis has the highest uh, infant mortality rate in the country. It, in 2010, there were uh, three zip codes that had third world level infant mortality rates. And we're in two of those zip codes right now, um, you know. Memphis has all those problems, but Memphis also, and and this area, you know, Mississippi is number one in the country in charitable giving. And in an urban area, Memphis is very similar. You know, we've got very generous people in the Memphis area already doing work. So, do you think that comes from a biblical worldview, regardless of uh, yeah, how? Yeah, I, I do. Mean, yeah, you cannot have a biblical worldview without having some form of generosity. Yeah, and I mean, and, yeah, and that's why the this second great command is the second. Love the Lord your God, and the second, like unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. You know, as we're filled with the gospel, which we're filled with the love of Christ, it overflows. And it, you know, and so I think when a culture has a biblical worldview, there's just this kind of innate responsibility to, to give. In the area of partnership, and I, I this is important because I, I want the people who are listening to look for these opportunities. Uh, partnership with ministries, I think it's an humbling thing. Right. Because you're saying we can't do it all ourselves. Right. And that God honors humility. Yep. 
And then churches that may not be exactly exactly when they come to dotting their I's and crossing their T's doctrinally and practice mm-hmm. yet for a ministry like the morning center right they sacrifice yeah. quote this doctrine and I'm not talking about Jesus being lord I wouldn't say right. sacrifice I would say they put it in its proper place right you know put it in that's a better word yeah ha- is I believe God. Do you? I believe with all my heart, God honors that. Yeah. God looks at that, right. and He desires that from us. Yeah, we uh, we have a motto at the Morning Center: We don't care who gets the credit, as long as it's Jesus. Hmm. And so, uh, and, and I think you know one of the one of the really sad things is to see ministries that are trying to do similar works look at each other as, as competition, so to speak, for volunteers. For you know, that's terrible economics and it's terrible theology. God has all the resources he needs to do all his good pleasure through whatever vessels he chooses. And, you know, we don't care what vessels. Matter of fact, uh, you know, we, we try to, we're encouraging other cities to look at what we're doing. We invite them to come see what we're doing. And uh, we'll tell you, you know, here's what we want you to do if you're going to be a morning center. But if you want to do something similar in your city um, and we don't have time to, to help you, you can steal all our ideas and we'll help you. <laughs> there you go. You know, that, that's like somebody come up, not very often, but they'll hear me preach a sermon and they said, can I take that? I said, yeah, you take it and do something with it. <laughs> I, I mean, you yeah. know, yeah. Uh, the whole idea is if it's God given, right. it's usually not to just one individual. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if we can, none of us can probably think of a single person or entity, a, one single church that God has called to do it all, mm. you know? And, and yeah. we, we all have limitations. We have gifts. We have limitations. And where those limitations are, that's a that's a call to partner with some with other people and with other churches. And and I think yeah, the spirit of competition is does a lot, a tremendous amount to hinder the work right. of the gospel and God's kingdom. Yeah. Well, I, I want to get on to this as we've talked about a little bit where you came from, what you're doing, future. Well, I mean, it, um, it's actually really simple. We just want to keep serving moms and, and babies one at a time. Um, we are, <clears throat> as I mentioned, we, we are in Memphis. We're moving into Atlanta soon. Um, that They've got you know a team on board, and they're actively working to get that open and started. Um, we are in Memphis. We're seeing a lot of moms from North Mississippi, and so we're hoping, you know, we partner with three pregnancy centers down here, um, and we're hoping to you know, get a get a location established down here because um, people around the country don't realize this, but but you being from here, we've got a clinic in North Memphis. When a mom shows up from Oxford, that's a two hour drive. You know, that's that's a burden for going her. Going across so, Memphis, yeah. So <laughs> not so quite we, as bad as going across Atlanta, yeah, but you're still going so, across. <laughs> so we want to, and and I you know I think just more of the same. You know, we eventually want to build a birthing center. We've got four locations in inner city neighborhoods in Memphis, we're looking to get a mobile unit so we can reach more neighborhoods. But but ultimately, it's just, you know, just continue what we're doing, just love God and love our neighbors. And I wanted to tell you a story. You were talking about churches working together. Um, we had a mom, I guess it's been over a year ago now, um, show up at our clinic one day. Um, and we're in North Memphis. She was from the south part of town. She had a two-year-old. She's very pregnant. She's really upset. And we say, well, what's going on? Well, somebody gave me a ride and dropped me off, and they just left me here. So one of our one of our ministry members said, I, you know, I'll take you home, and she gave her a ride. Well, that began building that relationship. 
The next month she called, she was in a homeless shelter in West Memphis, Arkansas. And the story, the background was she had grown up in a military home. Her dad was abusive, eventually abandoned the family. The mother later abandoned them. And all this girl had ever known was abusive men and homeless shelters. Um, she, uh, the first baby daddy, she was hiding from him so that he, because he was abusive. The second father uh, was abusive to her, eventually started abusing the two-year-old. So he kicked her out when they got in a fight. And in God's providence, right after she called, there was a, a Presbyterian church and a charismatic church in Illinois that had just come and done. <laughs> I'm um, sorry. <laughs> had, Repeat that. Yeah. A Presbyterian <laughs> church had just come and done a mission trip, and they brought us a ton of stuff for our baby store. Another church in Alabama had come up and remodeled the baby store. This baby store was in the, the Leewood Baptist. And so when she called, we gathered a bunch of clothes up and went over and, and met with her. I mean, took it to the clinic. Two churches in West Memphis, different denominations, picked her up, brought her to the clinic. We gave her all the clothes. We helped her out. And then one of our staff members took her home, put her in her apartment above her garage. Her church discipled her, cared for her. And then when, after she had the baby, she went to another state and got in a halfway program that another church had. And so at seven churches, four different denominations in five states, it's been one mom. <laughs> one. And that really is a picture of the gospel, isn't it? It is. You know, you know, Jesus uses broken vessels, imperfect people, to do an amazing work for the kingdom. I use this example hurriedly. I said somebody can move to our town here, and uh, they're unchurched, lost even, and uh, they go to a get the hair cut. And the guy in the barber shop or something says something about church and about what God's doing. He he hears it. He has to go to a hospital, and one of the nurses or the clinicians, they talk to it and says, well, how, how, how can I pray for you about what's going on? He stories it away. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's looking for a house, and the realtor comes up and says, well, we're going to be praying you through that everything will go good, and we're just trusting Jesus to, to bring it about. And all of a sudden, he's been hearing this compounded, compounded, and then one day a knock comes at the door, and there's this church going out two by two or by threes, and they say, we knew you moved into the neighborhood, and we wanted to come and share with you. Uh, we're, we're a church just down the road, and we just want to tell you about Jesus. Would you let us? Said, yeah, I've been hearing all about him. Would you come in? That person saved. Look what God has done. Right. It, now, the people who, who, I guess, you know, harvested it was those there that night, but look at the people that right. laid the groundwork. I, honestly, Liz and Nathan, there needs to be more of that, that with churches and individuals sharing a word fitly spoken at the right time when you mm-hmm. can't get a full gospel message in goes a long way. Yeah. One one sows, one waters, God gives Sounds an Sounds like that's right? a Bible. <laughs> yeah. I, I was going to uh, mention to you, uh, uh, Nathan, because I know you, you work with the international community in yes. your ministry. Um uh, you know, it, it's funny how God, you, you've got one thing in mind, but what he's doing is something radically different. And so, you know, we came in and we're working with pregnancy centers. We're working with sidewalk counselors and, you know, we're really targeting uh, primarily the, the abortion at risk mom and the, the very typical inner city mom, inner city poor mom. Um, uh, but in the past almost four years now, we've delivered babies from 36 countries. 
right there in, 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 Memphis, in, Tennessee. in Memphis, Tennessee. So, you know, I tell people, if you, if you love babies, if you love Jesus, if you want to get involved, great. If you've got a heart for international missions, mm, that's the place to we've go. got a training ground for you. I mean, <laughs> we've had people from Asia, the Middle East, Eastern Europe, uh, Latin America, all over Africa, just in Memphis or North Mississippi for various reasons. Um, and the Lord has allowed us to serve them. You know, uh, talking about the morning center and the and the healthcare and and um, just the love and care that you provide there. Um, what you're really talking about is access. People that um, right. normally would not have access to this right. type of thing, and you're providing access uh, to that for them. Really, that's what mission work is. It's 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 taking the gospel to people who don't have access to it, mm. who haven't had a chance. And and so um, if we think in mission, if we think missions in terms of access, who has access, who does not, um, we can see our mission field a little bit clearer. Yeah, we, we know that um, in Memphis that the infant mortality rate was directly linked to transportation. You know, we think we think of the poor and we think of the culture and things like that, but but ultimately it's great if you've got government funded health care and you, you have a need and you're pregnant. But if there's no doctor in your neighborhood and you don't have a car. Yeah. So we had, in 2010, over 2,000 women showed up at the hospital in Memphis to deliver a baby had never seen a doctor. 2,000? 2,000. And so, you know, one of the things we do is we try to go into those neighborhoods and, and the open door for the gospel. You know, we the one of the first clinics that we opened was in the Warren Apartments, and uh, it's closed now. But when we moved in there, Memphis had just been named the most dangerous city in America. The Warren Apartments had the highest violent crime rate in Memphis. But but to go in there and see how serving, sharing Christ, you know, I mean, we had we had gang members that we'd pray with that would open the door. How you doing? You, you know, just somebody to come in and love them. That sounds like a person of peace in a way that we talk about yeah. on this yeah. program yeah. all the time. Yeah. Jesus, if you find that person yeah. in a community, a family. It goes a long way. Yeah. So reaching this person, this lady, and and the men too, you really are working your way into an avenue of community and family, yeah. aren't you? Yeah, and uh, we had a uh, a patient actually a couple of weeks ago, and uh, her boyfriend was seventeen, eighteen year old boy, grew up fatherless, had you know kind of directionless, and uh, a couple of the men that worked for us started talking with him, sharing with him, and he called uh, earlier this week. They told him about a job fair FedEx was having downtown. He called really excited, said, I was the first one there. I met the mayor, got to shake the mayor's hand, and I got a job. <laughs> and now they're meeting with him several hours each week, discipling this young man. And that wasn't our target, but God God had a divine appointment for us. It's those ripples in the pond, isn't it? They, yeah. Okay, we want to finish up. Tell us the website and yeah. and pray for this as well. Yeah, it's a uh, morning center, I'm sorry, memphismorningcenter.org if you want to find out what we do. memphismorningcenter.com if you want to sign up, maybe get a free book, and then um, you can also find us on Facebook where there's all kind of pictures of cute babies and a, a really neat 1-minute pro-life video we'd like. So keep praying for the one in Memphis and pray for the one that's opening in Atlanta, Georgia. Yes, sir. Thank you, Les, for being here. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you. We appreciate you listening today on Exploring Missions. We're praying that God is doing a work in your heart. We're praying that this program will aid you in the possibilities 
that God has for you and your family as you change the world through the message of Jesus Christ. Again, thank you for listening, and may God bless you as your own mission for Christ.